Welcome to the Hope a Thing, a podcast where we discuss how to spot, avoid, and report phone scams. I am Melissa Atkins, the Training and Development Coordinator for the Native Learning Center. Today on the show, we are excited to have Rosario Mendez, Attorney Division of Consumer and Business Education, Federal Trade Commission, also known as the FTC, and Kira Crown is the Consumer and Education Specialist, Division of Consumer and Business Education for also the Federal Trade Commission. They are going to share their expertise on how people lose a lot of money to phone scams, sometimes their life savings. Scammers have figured out countless ways to cheat you out of your money over the phone. In some scams, they act friendly and helpful, and others, they might threaten or try to scare you. One thing you can count on is that a phone scammer will try to get your money or your personal information. We'll discuss how to spot and avoid common phone scams, what to do if you think you paid a scammer, and where to report the scams. Ladies, would you like to introduce yourselves? Yes, sure. Thank you, Aista. Um, and thank you so much for having us today. Uh, my name is Rosario Mendez. And as you mentioned, I work for the Division of Consumer and Business Education of the Federal Trade Commission. And um, our division uh, is in charge of making sure that all the um, consumer protection messages get to all consumers to all people and to all communities in the nation. We're a federal agency, so we um, what we cover the entire nation and we want to make sure that um, the folks know that we have um, advice and information on your consumer rights in the marketplace and also for businesses um, that we have information and guidance on um, their responsibilities in the business to uh, comply with consumer protection laws and um, and make sure that you know information is protected and um, and that practices are um, you know enriching and not dishonest. Um, so with that, I will pass it on to Kira. Thank you so much. I am Kira Crown. I am a consumer education specialist also with the Division of Consumer and Business Education um, at the Federal Trade Commission, and I'm very excited to be here. Thank you both so much for being here today. Very excited to dive into what we're going to speak today because it is very common and happens to almost every single person. So what are some examples of common phone scams? Yeah, that is a very good question that Kira, Kira, can you, do you want to start with yeah. that? Sure. Um, so phone scams can come in many different forms, uh, but scammers, these kinds of scammers tend to make similar promises and threats or ask you to pay in certain ways. So I'll go over a few examples that listeners may have heard of or experienced themselves. Um, first, impersonator scams. These happen when a scammer pretends to be someone you trust. For example, a government agency like the Social Security Administration or the IRS, a family member, a love interest, or someone saying there is a problem with your computer. Um, the scammer can even have a fake name or number show up on your caller ID in order to try to convince you that they're legitimate. Um, so I think many people have gotten these calls. I know I have. Um, 
when scammers impersonate someone that people know and trust, it can be a very effective way to scam people out of money or personal information. Um, impersonator scams of all types were one of the FTC's top reported scams in 2021. So reported losses to fraud were more than $2.3 billion, up from $1.2 billion in 2020. Um, a government impersonator scam, um, which is one type of these scams, often starts with a call. It can also be an email or a text message from someone who says that they're with a government agency. Um, they might give you their employee ID number to try to sound official. Um, and they might have information about you, like your name or your home address. They often say they work for the Social Security Administration, the IRS, it could be Medicare. Um, sometimes they even give you a, a fake agency name, like the non-existent National Sweepstakes Bureau is one we hear quite a bit. Um, they'll also give you some reason why you need to send them money or give them your personal information immediately. Um, if you get a call like this, hang up the phone, it's a scammer. Um, there are also lots of ways that scammers pretend to be businesses that people know and trust. Um, one of the most reported scams the FTC hears about involves Amazon. Uh, you may have gotten these calls or texts. In these types of scams, uh, people often get a recorded call. They can also get an email or a text message telling them there's something wrong with their Amazon account. Uh, it might be a suspicious purchase, a lost package, or an order that can't be fulfilled. Um, when you call the number or return the message, a phony Amazon representative tricks you into giving up your personal information, like your account password or your credit card number. Um, some even ask, your permission for remote access to your computer to supposedly resolve an overcharge. Only then they have access to everything on your computer. Uh, other tech support scammers will call and pretend to be a computer technician from a well-known company and say they found a problem with your computer. They typically ask you to give them remote access to your computer and then pretend to run a diagnostic test. Uh, they then try to make you pay for a problem that doesn't even exist. There are lots of other examples of phone scams. Uh, Rosario, do you want to talk about a few? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kira. And so, and always that this is these are all um, you know phone scams that we hear often. And the thing is, the best way to avoid falling for one of these scams is to know about them. And these are basically, you know, a lot of times they're robocalls. So you pick up the phone and it would be an automated voice that says, this is Amazon, something is wrong with your account. Or it could be an actual person, um, like the government imposter impersonator 
um, that Kira mentioned where, you know, it's a person and says, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm so-and-so from the IRS and the name, they make up a name or they may have some kind of like ID number that makes it sound official. Um, but what they all have in common is that they want you to pay they often want you to pay, want you to pay in very specific ways. So they would say you have to wire us wire money in order to settle this account or this problem that that you have, or you have to pay with gift cards, um, or you have to pay with cryptocurrency, for example. And those are all ways that scammers ask you to pay because they're basically untraceable. Once you once the money is is out, there's no way to get them back. So that is a telltale sign that you're dealing with a scammer. If you know someone calls you and out of the blue um, and says that they are with the government or they're with like a company um, like Amazon or FedEx out of the blue and say that there's a problem and you have to pay, especially if you have to pay this way, most likely you are dealing with a scammer. So it's best to hang up the phone. Other phone scams that we see relate to, for example, auto warranties, like extended car warranties. And we also see this in mailers. Um, but, you know, you may have gotten this call where it says, you know, this is your car warranty company and it's expiring. You need to, you know, re renew it. It's time to renew it. And sometimes they sound very scary, like something terrible is going to happen if you don't call them back and you don't have and you don't pay for this supposedly extended warranty that you never even signed up for to begin with. So they're just fishing. They're just hoping that that you think, oh, wait, maybe I do need to pay this. You know, I probably have a, a warranty in my car or I want, you know. And so they try to confuse you that way. And the best thing is to, you know, stop and think about it. Do I really have an auto warranty, you know, in my, in my, in my, uh, for my car? And also think about it, like they never really say the name of the company. You know, they just say, this is your car warranty company. Um, so those are all telltale signs that there's a scammer behind that call. And it's best to just hang up and not, 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 not engage or not even press a number. Because sometimes they say, press number one to if you don't want to be called again. But what that does is that it tells the scammer that there is a person that's answering that phone, right? So then your phone number is always going to be on this list that where they're going to keep calling you. Um, other scams that we see happen on the phone relate to debt relief and credit repair scams. It's, it's a similar thing as the car warranty, you know, where they will call and they'll say, you know, if you're in debt, we can, we can help you. Um, or if you have uh, problems with your credit, you know, we can we can clear uh, your your um, credit history and start over. We see that in um, TV commercials as well, um, or you may see it even on online. Um, and, you know, just think about it. It's like completely out of the blue, like they're just fishing again because it's like they know that a lot of people are in debt. They know a lot of people want to clear their the credit uh, report, you know, and start over. So they're just hoping that, you know, they get to someone that's going to respond to that message and then they engage in their tricks, which is basically, which are basically designed to take your information and take your money and not really help you. Um, we also see uh, things related to um, 
to charity scams on the phone as well. So charities are one of those uh, organizations that are allowed to call you even if you are in the do not call in the national do not call registry, which the FTC also handles. Um, and charities are allowed to call you even if you're on the registry. And then also, um, if you've already had a relationship with them, they're allowed to call you. And so scammers do take advantage of that and they call people, um, you know, on behalf of some made up charity that maybe, you know, they say that it's going to help people in need or what have you, or people in your, in your locality. And the important thing with charity charity um, scams to be aware of is that, it, you know, it's best to, we all want to help, but it's best to do a little bit of research about the organization first. You know, you don't have to donate right away over the phone, you know, maybe just take the name of the organization and then, and then go, you know, go on the internet and, and check it out and see if it's even a real organization or, or put the, the word complain or review a scam next to the name to see if other people have already had experience with that organization. I think with charities is really important to, to watch out because, you know, there's a lot of need and there's a lot of great organizations that do a lot of work. So you want to make sure that your money goes to help the people that you want to help and the causes that you want to help and not to a scammer. So doing a little, a little bit of research online is going to help you with that. Of course, it, all those different types of scams sound a bit overwhelming. So I'm very happy that I have recently just signed up for the FTC alerts. So oh, I good. can see the most common alerts from the FTC. Would you do you guys want to explain that real quick for our viewers who are unaware of FTC alerts? Sure. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's a, that is a really good way to stay in touch with us and also to hear what we know. So we have uh, what we call blogs and they're short, you know, stories, you know, that, that, that Kira and I write and other colleagues in our, in our division um, write. We're always looking to see what are the latest um, scam, like the, the, the different tactics, the different twists that scammers, you know, say things. Um, and also just general advice on all the things that the, that the Federal Trade Commission handles in terms of consumer protection. So, um, so you, you, so you can sign up to receive those blog posts right on your email. Um, if you go to ftc.gov slash consumer alerts, that's ftc.gov slash consumer alerts. So when you go there, it's going to ask you for your email address, and then um, and then you're going to start receiving our our blog posts. So for example, um, you know, recently we had one related to um, scams related to student loan forgiveness programs. Uh, you may know that the federal government has a program to help um, students who are in who who owe federal loans, um, and we have seen scams around trying to take advantage of people um, with misinformation and other things. And so we have, you know, a few blogs related to that recently, um, and and we you know we we try to it's just the best way for you to know what what scams are out there, and then. And then you can also talk to other people about it, right? You can say, you know, this is happening. You know, if you get a call like this, you know, it know that it's a scam. I read it on the Federal Trade Commission blog. There's a consumer alert on it. 
um, it's it's really good to share that information with others, others in your family, in your community, because most likely people are gonna, uh, some people you know are gonna get this this call, or call this scam um, calls and this rubble calls and, um, and knowing that it could lead to a scam uh, will help avoid avoid the scam and avoid losing money. Yes, awareness will prevent prevent like helps with prevention. So we definitely need the awareness out there and we need people talking about it. So getting these alerts is very helpful because I know I am able to contact with my grandma and let her know, please don't answer this phone call. It's very helpful. So with that being said, how do scammers tell you to pay? So, the, so this is the 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 large the biggest um, telltale that you're dealing with a scammer. Scammers ask you to pay by gift cards. They say you have to um, give me gift cards in order to solve this problem. You know, they may say that um, that you have to uh, send them uh, money via wire transfer. Um, or pay via crypto, cryptocurrency. Those are very untraditional ways for people to ask, you know, to pay. So uh, think about it. So the, um, you know, the government will never ask you to pay those way in those ways. The government will never really call you out of the blue and ask you to pay anything. Um, and so, and, the, and and much less in, in those non-traditional ways. Um, and any, you know, honest business will have a different way to ask you to pay right i know that there's different payment methods now like electronic and everything like that but you know if someone is asking you to pay with gift cards gift cards are for gifts they are not to they're not for payment a payment method you know um the same with wire transfers when you when you send a wire transfer to someone you have no idea who's on the other end um, it can be a, it can be just a scammer, you know. They they may say that is one they're, they're one person, but um, you don't know. And at the end, you can't take that money back. Um, often, what we say is, you know, if you are online shopping, this is a, a little deviating from from the phone scams that we're talking about. But just since we're talking about payment methods. Um, we suggest that people pay with credit cards because credit cards do have a little bit more protection um, if the transaction turn out to be a fraudulent transaction um, than any other payment method. So if you're shopping online, for example, or if you're um, you know, doing any other kind of you know, transaction where you are allowed to, you, know, you, you can pay with a credit card, it's, it, that is best. Um, if a credit card is not um, an, a payment option, then think about it because if what they're asking is again for gift cards or, or transfer or even just checks, or um, that the only way that they can that they that they can get paid is by check or by cryptocurrency, um, you know those are kind of untraditional methods, and you probably are dealing with a scammer. So look for the untraditional. That should be the red flag. If it does That's not right. seem traditional, avoid it, talk about it, report it, see That's what right. the FTC advises. Because I know also once you report something, you do give a little bit of advice how to ways that you can get your money back or what steps you need to take immediately after, correct? 
Yeah, that's right. When you report to reportfraud.fcc.gov, which is uh, the place where you should report um, scams and frauds and bad business practices to the FTC, you will get at the end, you know, a few a few uh, uh, advice, a few uh, things to that you can do to protect yourself in the future and also try to get your money back um, if 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 you know, you pay with a credit card or, you know, at least try, um, try to talk to the, the, the gift card company, for example, um, and, and tips like that, information like that. Well, thank you for that. Kira, did you want to add anything? Yeah, just as Rosario mentioned, our website has uh, ftc.gov slash scams as well. You can access kind of step-by-step -step information on um, and depending on the circumstances of the scam and payment method, steps you can take to try to recover the money, which there's no guarantee, but absolutely, you know, it's worth a try. It's still nice to know that there are options. It is there. If it's feasible, please, like, by all means, do what you can to protect yourself. So it is nice to know that FCC does have the, like, our backs, especially within tribal communities somebody's voice will be heard and we'll get immediate advice which is super nice so how do you spot and avoid phone scams and unwanted calls i know we talked about the red flags um on traditional what else like what are other flags that we kind of know right off the bat well here i'll cover a few things that if someone calls you and says these things it's like good sign that it's probably a scam. Um, the first is if a caller talks about a prize that you were selected for um, or an offer that you've won, some kind of lottery that you never entered, um, but then talks about a payment that you have to make related to that, like whether it's a fee or a tax or shipping, for the prize, that's probably a scam. So if you have to pay to get a prize, it's not a prize. Um, second, if they talk about um, the fact that you'll be arrested, fined, or deported, um, a lot of scammers pretend to be law enforcement or as we talked about before, a federal agency. Um, that is a good sign that someone's calling uh, who is a scammer. The goal there is to scare you into paying. Um, real law enforcement and federal agencies won't call and threaten you over the phone like that. Uh, another big indication that you're dealing with a scammer is if they are pressuring you to act right now. Uh, most legitimate businesses will give you time to think about an offer um, and get you written information before, you know, demanding that you commit to something. It's really important to take your time. So if someone is calling you and telling you you have to act right away, um, don't. <laughs> Slow down and don't let them pressure you into making a decision on the spot. Uh, also, as Rosario talked about, 
there is never a good reason to send cash or pay with a gift card or cryptocurrency uh, or wire transfer. Um, the scammers ask you to pay that way because it's very hard to trace. And once you do, it's hard to get your money back. So if you hear, as Rosario said, the untraditional payment methods, you're probably dealing with the scam. We also talked about this, but government agencies won't call to confirm your sensitive information. Um, don't give out your social security number over the phone to a caller you didn't expect. Uh, even if they say they are the IRS or Social Security Administration, don't do it. And then also, just in general, we shouldn't be getting all these calls. So if a company is selling something, they actually need your written permission to call you like that. So to call you in a robocall. If you're on the National Do Not Call Registry, you shouldn't get live sales calls from companies that you haven't done business with before. So those calls are actually illegal. Um, if someone is already breaking the law by calling you, there's a good chance that it's a scam. So if you hear a robocall, it's likely a scam. At the very least, it's a company that you don't want to do business with. So I'll move from that into talking. I'm sure, you know, the core of all of this is how to stop calls from scammers. Uh, so I'll talk about some high level stuff. First of all, we say this over and over, hang up. Even if it's not a scammer calling, when a company is calling you illegally, it's a company that you don't want to do business with. So our best advice is to hang up. Don't press any numbers. If you press numbers, um, it might lead to more robocalls instead of, you know, taking you off a list or something. And then also, don't trust your caller ID. I know that when you look at it and it says, you know, a government agency or a business, it's it might make you think that they're calling. They're not. It's a scammer. Yeah, scammers can make their numbers look like a government agency or a business, it's, you know. Um, don't trust it. And then we also have more specific information about how to block some of these calls, uh, depending on whether you're on a, a cell phone or a landline. Uh, Rosario, do you want to touch on some of that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> the advice here is about um, considering call blocking um, or call labeling um, on your phone. And what you do, how you get that depends on what kind of phone you, you have. So, for example, to stop some of these unwanted calls on a cell phone, the first thing that we suggest is that you look to see what built-in features your cell phone already has to block calls. So if you get a call that, you know, looks, it comes from a, a robocall that is a scammer, um, you know, a lot of cell phones now let you block that, that number. So at least, you know, you can use that technology that is already built in in your cell phone to block some of these numbers as they call you so that they don't call you back, of course they call from different numbers. So, you know, if you, 
the more you block, the less the less calls. But they're always they are they're always trying to get around that. So another way to to even block more calls is to contact your um, your service provider, like the company that that you use to uh, on your cell phone, and ask them if they have uh, call blocking services or call labeling. Um, services that is some some cell phone companies now are doing it automatically when they recognize that a phone is coming from a scammer you probably see on your cell phone scam likely or something like that um so that means that your service provider is spotting the call as you know it could be potentially as a scam um, or a spam um, but also you can ask them if they have a service beyond that the free service that you can, you know, maybe pay for, but it might be worth it because it can go even beyond, you know, what they catch, you know, free. Um, and so that's one thing to to contact your service provider, your carrier um, of, of your cell phone um, and ask them about call blocking. Um, you can also download a call blocking app. There are apps out there that, that do this uh, and some do it well. Um, some are free, but others charge a monthly fee. So you got to be careful, you know, making sure that you know if you're being charged, if you're going to be charged monthly and how much, and if that's going to be worth it for you because your cell phone also has some built in um, features. So that might be enough, you know, it just depends on on what you, what you would like. Um, some of these uh, apps that do the call blocking that you download. Um, can access your contacts on your phone. So that's something also to consider, you know, what kind of, you know, privacy settings you can have when you download this app uh, to call your, um, to stop, you know, some of these scams. If you um, have a landline, it's also uh, important to call your um, service provider to see if they offer call blocking or call labeling um, for a landline, it might cost a little bit, but you know it might be worth it looking into it. And that's the same for uh, voice over the internet protocol VoIP. So some people have um, a telephone that is over the internet. Um, so it look maybe it's sort of it's not the cell phone and it's not line line. It's over the internet or the computer. Um, and so yeah, call blocking and call labeling services are also available for um, that type of a phone connection, but you have to talk to your carrier about what options they have so that you can, um, so that, you know, you, you can decide if, you know, if that's what you, you want. Um, and remember, some of these services are, are free. Some you have to pay a monthly fee. So just make sure that you know how much you're paying for the service. And if, you know, if that's what you uh, really want. Um, and then, you know, one thing is that if you do get these calls, and we've talked this a little bit already, but it's just so important to report it. And you can report it to reportfraud.ftc.gov. Give us the information of who called you, the number that called, you know, what did they say? All of that really helps because when we do our consumer alerts and we alert people about the different uh, things that scammers are saying on this on these phone calls, it always helps people recognize. Oh, I did get that call, you know. Um, and so it's it's just so important to 
to report anything that you see. I've been telling everyone if you see something, say something. <laughs> um, just a couple of things are popping up in my head. Well, you were saying earlier to tie in what you're both saying about how you should use a credit card. It does to clarify it's because a, a credit card you can always it's traceable, whereas a wire transfer or a gift card is not so easy to trace. So if you are trying to get your money back, it's easier with a credit card. Not always guaranteed, but in a sense, easier to trace. That's true. So credit cards do have, I mean, by law, credit cards have some protection um, against fraudulent transactions. So if you pay a scammer or if someone charged your credit card fraudulently, that you know, an authorized charges, they have there's a process to uh, report it to the credit card company and, and they have to investigate and and then you know potentially you get your money back if it's you know everything is resolved I mean different credit card companies have different uh, ways of doing that mm -hmm. and different processes but in general um, you are much more likely to get your money back if you pay with a credit card um, if you pay a scammer or if you had any fraudulent transaction on your credit card um than if you pay with wire transfer or with a gift card or you know cryptocurrency or cash because those ways are i just like sending cash pretty much it's very very difficult to get it back um with credit with the gift cards if you pay, end up paying scammers with the gift cards we say that you know contact the gift card company right away to see if they can stop you know the the scammer from using mm -hmm the the gift card number that you give that you gave them um and and that it could it could happen um but you know it is unlikely once once you give the number of the gift cards to someone um and they use it that's it you know it's the money is gone and same with wire transfers wire transfer is like sending cash the person that is on the other side of the transaction is getting their cash like literally like cash and um and you know it could be anyone. That's why it's very important to be aware and to ask questions and do your research before you commit to sending a small amount or large amount. Yeah, and I think I think it's just talking about all of this. I mean, I we don't want to like instill like a fear or of transactions to people, but at the same time, you know, it's like you work really hard for your money. You don't want a scammer to take it, you know, and they. They prey on, you know, on our sensitivities and our vulnerabilities. You know, they know that people, for example, with the charity scams that people want to donate, you know, they know that, you know, if so, if the government calls you and say that you're going to be arrested, you probably will listen to that because that, that, you know, it's, it's something you don't want to be in trouble. Um, or, you know, if they say that something is wrong with your Amazon account or with your computer, you know, you're going to listen to that. But if you know that their scammers are saying those things and that it's best to hang up, um, don't don't click on a link that you get on a text message or don't click on a link that you get on an email and just check it out first, then you're most likely to spot the scam and avoid it and avoid paying a scammer. Thank you for that. Kira, did you want to add anything to that? Also visit our website, nativelearningcenter.com to find information on upcoming webinar and virtual trainings. Thank you guys so much and thank you to our viewers for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks.